This podcast follows the ordinary stories of entrepreneurs in the financial industry who broke their false beliefs, built companies, lost everything, and yet found the motivation to persevere in their stillest hour. We're kicking off a 10-part series on offer creation. Why offer creation? Well, um, for one thing, it's something that saved my job. Uh, if you're interested in more about that, read the, uh, about, or the about section on uh, offereconomics.com. Uh, but, but more pertinently, it is the single most important thing that solves the two problems that a lot of entrepreneurs face, which is we need to make more money and I need to get my time back. Um, those two problems and it offers really essential to solve those things so you know if you're a co uh, coach a creative a consultant you might think well i've got a traffic problem right uh, not enough people coming to my website you know or i've got an ads problem i ran facebook ads nothing worked uh paid ads ads it's you know they don't work for me or you might think oh i've got a conversion problem i got lots of people to the page but my page there's something wrong with it it just won't convert right people don't sign up they don't you know book a call what's what's wrong or or you know maybe i just have to work harder i can't getting your time back isn't something that's really practical you just kind of grind culture you know i'm going to pop an episode of gary v on and uh, i'm just going to work harder right or maybe you think oh well sales just isn't for me i get people on the phone but i'm not good on the phone i don't know what to say you know i i, I struggle when i talk to people about price and so sales just isn't for me. So all of those things could be the case, but in my experience, the real problem, though it's really at the center of everything, is that you don't have a good enough offer. The offer is the number one driver of business profit and business freedom, what will give you your time back. So let's start out with the definition. What is an offer? So an, an offer is just the complete vehicle you use to demonstrate your services value. And that's uh, in the Sanders uh, dictionary, so you won't find that anywhere else. Uh, the, so an offer, it's the complete vehicle. I mean, you know, from process A to Z, that which you use to, de to determine your services value. So in your business, it's not that you have to change what you're doing as much as you have to change how you're doing it. It's not that you have to, it's like, oh, people don't buy copywriting or they don't, or they don't need copywriting or they don't need website design or they don't need you know, whatever business you're in, it's not that you have to change that as much as how, how you're doing it. And it's that how, that vehicle that brings in all the money and provides a structure to free up your time. Um, and so I've broken down uh, what constitutes an offer into 10 components. If you improve a single component, you'll get more traffic, you know, your ads will start converting, organic improves, conversions perk up, sales get easier. If you change all 10 components, now you've got an irresistible offer. You'll dramatically increase how much people are willing to pay you, you'll be able to work less, and you'll be able to attract high quality clients. So we're gonna start going through all 10 of these components, breaking up, broken up into 10 episodes. The first one is on sharpening your niche choice. Now, in my experience, there's kind of two kinds of two kinds of people. The first one is people have heard about, okay, I know I have to kind of niche down. People have told me that, uh, you know, it's kind of all over the internet. The other types of business owners or people are freelancers, maybe a little bit newer, who are like, oh, I haven't really heard of that. So we'll start with um, someone who, who doesn't really 
hasn't really entered into the idea of niching. So you, you might currently be doing a little bit of everything for everyone, which means it is very difficult for the market to see that you're different than anyone. You know, are you a copywriter? Okay, well, there's a million other copywriters looking to do work big and small. The types of clients you're attracting are really kind of like bottom dollar Walmart shoppers. They just want the lowest price and a quick job. They want to run into the store. You know, they know that the aftershave is going to be the cheapest of anybody else. They know we can get it quickly. They know it's going to be there and they want out, right? But as soon as you become a copywriter for Facebook ads in this copywriter example, You've immediately added dollars to the amount you can charge. Why? Well, because there's just less copywriters for Facebook ads than copywriters in general. And value in many, many ways is directly correlated with scarcity. So the less there is of something, the more valuable it is. And and by saying and by positioning yourself as a copywriter for Facebook ads, um, you immediately increase the value, your perceived value, and your expertise in that specific subject matter. Now, I'm not saying, you know, lie. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is there's a lot of people out there who have 5, 10, 20 different types of clients, do all different types of work, and may do repeat, repeated different types of work. If you work and persist at one type of thing, um, even in positioning yourself immediately, you 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 add dollars to the bottom line right away because you are now an expert in that field. So that that's those are some of the merits and we can get into more more of the merits for niching. Um, but that's if you're, you know, if you're not familiar with niching at all, um, it, it's why you would go to school if you want to become a surgeon, right? You it's you you're specializing into a very specific type of surgery and you're paid dispar- disproportionately more um, than a general practitioner. Why will you have a you have a domain expertise? And that's what you want to do if you're a creator, you know, your consultant, small business owner. So then there's then there's people I talk to and they're like, okay, Paul, yes, yes, niching, that's very important. Um, but I kind of want to go to the next level. What are some other things that I can take away from niching? Um, and so here's some extra alpha, if you will. So here's some principles to focus on to increase your leverage and to kind of narrow down when you think about niching. The first one is go towards the sub niche or the niche that's experiencing the most pain. So for example, you could be an Infusionsoft expert. Cool. You aren't just a CRM expert. You're good at Infusionsoft. Now, if you're not familiar, CRMs, uh, Infusionsoft, those are email autoresponders. So you could be really general and say, hey, I'm a CRM expert. I, I deal with all of them. MailChimp, AWeber, Infusion, you bring it to me, I'll solve the problem. Um, instead, you're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm just good at Infusionsoft. Great. Well, you're now an expert. You now get paid more. But which types of Infusionsoft prospects are experiencing the most pain or who have the most need? Right? Or, or let's say you're a health coach for business lady bosses. Do you want to help them lose their first five pounds or their last five pounds? I can't remember. There was this, uh, this guy who was a... Oh, there's this guy who was a trainer and he was like, yeah, he was trying to give away uh, a program for people who were more massively overweight, say 400 pounds or something. And, you know, you get them to lose like 25 pounds. And the, the concept was, well, you're getting people to lose 25 pounds. You're getting them to start dieting because like, it's a big deal. That program uh, didn't really sell at all because losing, if you're, if you're 400 pounds overweight, losing 10 or 20 pounds is not that hard uh, to do. But it's losing that last 10 pounds that's really hard. Now, you may have used similar concepts, you know, if you're a health coach in both cases. 
um, different you know types of dieting, different types of exercise, right? You don't have to. Ch- you're not changing it maybe that much, and you've probably dealt with a lot of different clients who are massively overweight and a lot of clients who maybe just five, ten pounds overweight. But there's a there's a huge related pain in that last five or ten pounds because people can try a long time try to get rid of that last five, and it's difficult. And so the more difficult equals the more painful. Focus on the se- segment and ka-ching, you've just given yourself a raise. So number two, let's talk about purchasing power. So focus your niching efforts on those clients who can actually pay you long-term. Now, I mean, I think it'd be kind of basic, but um, we do get distracted as entrepreneurs. So if you're going after a photographer or if you are a photographer who does branding shoots for businesses, who's going to have more money? An artist looking to sell their art or a certified nutritionist? Well, the the certified nutritionist is is going to have more money. They have, you know, they're looking to start a business. They've got a very stable, high paying job, right? They want to do their own thing. They're going to have a lot more money, uh, unless you're dealing with a top one percent artist. Number three, focus your niching efforts on clients that are easy to find. Let's say you sell paid advertising services to small businesses. What would be easier to find, a real estate agent or a roofer? You know, real estate agents live on their phones and in communication. Um, in fact, they might be the only profession that still picks up the phone if you call them. Um, I mean, unless you're like a front office or something. So they're they're living on their phones. They're living on Facebook. They're living on Instagram. They're way easier to prospect than a roofer. You know, roofers up on the roof, like they they're working. You know, with their hands, they're they're you know they might be you know, detach from their phone. You're also up on a roof, so maybe it's dangerous. You call the prospect, the prospect falls off the roof, you know, you get sued. Just avoid all of that. <laughs> um, so, uh, but the point the point here is you, you want to, in your niching and in the people that you go after, try to go after people that are easier to communicate or easier to, pro- to find. I remember doing uh, some work for this company and they were one of like four companies, five companies in the world uh, who did this specific, really specific type of work was so hard. They had a good good product offer all that. It's just so hard to find the actual prospects, right? So, so try to try in your niching to focus on specific um, patches, uh, demographics where you can actually find um, your ideal prospect. Number four, um, niching allows you to build standardized systems to make your workload easier. And it also makes your work faster as you won't be task switching as much. So if you're doing the same sorts of things every time, um, you know, you get more standardized, you get some of your time back. Number five, if you want more referrals, if you want your referrals to start pouring in, if you focus on a particular client or niche to serve, you're at a huge advantage. The reason is, is because your clients, just like you, hang out and know and communicate with people that have similar interests and are just like them, right? Um, it's kind of a basic human nature thing. We tend to hang out with people that are similar to us, uh, for better or worse in society. Um, we, we, we tend to like people with similar interests to us. And so your word of mouth is going to be much stronger if you helped a dentist with SEO when he mentions your SEO services to another dentist, if he mentions your services to a law firm, the lawyer might, you know, be like, well, you know, she's good. You know, I, I, she does good work. She's trustworthy. The, my friend thinks she's great, but I mean, they're, you know, he's a dentist. Like, you know, I'm a law firm. Is this going to work for me? 
So much different um, when you're when you're niching down and, and dentists are talking to dentists, right? And then they're talking to other dentists into their network. Um, the referral network just gets much stronger. And then number six, every business runs into problems in their fulfillment at some point. And it's way easier, uh, regardless of what you do, regardless of what industry you're in, it's way easier to troubleshoot those problems when you're going after similar clients, you know, as opposed to sort of reinventing the wheel every time a problem comes up because you've got five different types of clients. And then number seven, consistency. When you're, when you're serving one type of client with sort of one standardized system, and then you're seeing you know, these testimonials and reviews coming in from, again, that similar client, and people turn around six months later and you're pretty much the same as you were, just with more testimonials, um, that increases your perceived value. So consistency is, is huge. So those are you know all reasons to really think about niching, and um, it, it's so important because you'll make more money as an expert in the field, your systems will become more standardized, your life will become less stressful, and you'll attract better prospects. And um, I, I know there are also, when we talk about this, some niching fears, and there are fears even that I, I, I have and I've struggled with and I continue to struggle with. But one of the fears is just that, well, I like to do a lot of different work for different people. That's fine. You know, if that's your, if that's your goal and you're like, okay, I, I like different types of industries to do work for, great. Um, it, it's also not trying to say you must be the guy who's like, I, you know, help 57-year-old dentists with two, you know, kids in college get four clients a week in two hours. You know, it doesn't have to be super, super niched and specific and detailed. It's just an argument to you to say if you want to become more profitable if you want to get some of your life back uh and 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 find you know you know work less hours and that whole process to become less stressful if you can chip away at that niche a little bit it's going to give you that outcome in little bits and pieces so our goal you know for you and in this in this niching process and as you're thinking about this is find that one ideal client who you love to serve Eliminate the elements you don't want to do. Cut down on the amount of time you're, you know, you're working to deliver those client results. And, and that's actually possible through this niching process. Um, and it's possible once you combine the other parts of an offer. So in the end, clients don't care about how many bells or whistles you give them. They care about outcomes. Um, and those outcomes they're willing to pay for. And you'll get better and better at those outcomes the, the more you can niche down and serve that one client. So... The goal here is let's find the most profitable version of you. But also, as a as a as more of a final note, niching. You know, we also we we talk about it in terms of how to make more money. But don't niche down simply because you'll make more because you won't last. You, you also need to find prospects and work that you really enjoy, and uh, and that's the key to doing great work. Um, so the the revised goal. Um, or the real goal is let's find the most profitable and passionate version of you. You can put those two together um, and you have an absolutely amazing combination. So that's uh, the first episode in our 10-part series on uh, offer creation and the 10 parts of an irresistible offer. So as you look at your business, ju- just think, you know, what part of your niche is experiencing the most pain? How could you chip away and sort of niche down a little bit? How could you direct your niche, your niching and your targeting, your messaging to those who have a little more purchasing power, to clients that are a little bit easier to find, to, you know, in ways that allow you to build more standardized systems. Um, And if you can do that, you'll see those referrals start coming in. 
you know, business problems and troubleshooting will be easier to deal with, right? And that consistency will start to improve your perceived value. So that's all we've got for now. Um, you know, if any questions or, or thoughts, um, I'd actually love to make a podcast episode if you write in and you know, you've got sort of an interesting question about this, uh, make an episode about it. So write in and um, I'd love to hear from you. And until next time, we'll, we'll jump into our next uh, off, irresistible offer component number two. And uh, I'll see you next time for that.